0: It's June 29th and this is the Reading Through the Bible Together podcast. We're going to pick it up with our Old Testament reading, 2 Kings chapter 15 and 16. 2 Kings chapter 15 verse 1. Uzziah son of Amaziah began to rule over Judah in the 27th year of the reign of King Jeroboam II of Israel. He was 16 years old when he became king. Yeah, what were you doing when you were 16? Probably not the king of Israel. Wow, what a responsibility. Anyways, and he reigned in Jerusalem 52 years. His mother was Jekeliah from Jerusalem. He did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight. Now, ooh, that's interesting. Remember the, the last king that that was really pointed out for? Yeah, it was the king who was seven years old. Children. Why? Because children know that they have to rely upon the Lord's wisdom. Adults think they've got it all figured out. It's a big theme throughout Scripture. In fact, Jesus says only those with a childlike attitude will enter into the kingdom of God. You have to be like a child, understanding you are ignorant. I know for some of you, like, I'm not ignorant. I'm smart. I can do things. Well, that's fine. But remember, Jesus said, I came for the sick, not the healthy. The sick don't need a doctor. Or, sorry, the healthy don't need a doctor. It is the sick. So are you going to rely upon the Lord or rely upon yourself? That's really a big theme we see here in First uh, and Second Kings. Anyways, moving on. Verse 3. He did what was pleasing the Lord's sight, just as his father Amaziah had done. But he did not destroy the pagan shrines, and the people still offered sacrifices and burned incense there. The Lord struck the king with leprosy, which lasted until the day he died. He lived in isolation in a separate house. The king's son, Jotham, was put in charge of the royal palace, and he governed the people of the land. The rest of the events in Uzziah's reign and everything he did are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Judah. When Uzziah died, he was buried with his ancestors in the city of David, and his son Jotham became the next king. Zechariah, son of Jeroboam II, began to rule over Israel in the 38th year of King Uzziah's reign in Judah. He reigned in Samaria six months. Zechariah did what was evil in the Lord's sight, as his ancestors had done. He refused to turn from the sins that Jeroboam, son of Nebat, had led Israel to commit. Then Shalom, son of Jabesh, conspired against Zechariah, assassinated him in public, and became the next king. The rest of the events in Zechariah's reign are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Israel. So the Lord's message to Jehu came true. Your descendants will be kings of Israel down to the fourth generation. Shalem, son of Jabesh, began to rule over Israel in the 39th year of King Uzziah's reign in Judah. Shalem reigned in Samaria only one month. Then Minamah, son of Gadi, went to Samaria from Tizar and assassinated him, and he became the next king. The rest of the events in Shalem's reign, including his conspiracy, are recorded in the Book of the History of the Kings of Israel. At that time, Minamah destroyed the town of Tapa and all the surrounding countryside as far as Tirzah, because its citizens refused to surrender the town. He killed the entire population and ripped open the pregnant women. It's terrible. Verse 17. Minamah, son of Gadi, began to rule over Israel in the 39th year of King Uzziah's reign in Judah. He reigned in Samaria 10 years. But Minamah did what was evil in the Lord's sight. During his entire reign, he refused to turn from the sins that Jeroboam, son of Nebat, had led Israel to commit. Then King tiglath pilesiar of Assyria invaded the land. But Minamah paid him 37 tons of silver to gain his support in tightening his grip on royal power. Minimah extorted the money from the rich of Israel, demanding that each of them pay 50 pieces of silver to the king of Assyria. So, the king of Assyria turned from attacking Israel and did not stay in the land. The rest of the events in Minima's reign and everything he did are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Israel. When Minimah died, his son Pichamah became the next king. Pekah. If you're wondering if I'm saying that name incorrectly, yes, I am 100% saying it incorrectly. I I don't know how to say it. And I cannot wait to be out of the names in this book. I love the New Testament. Peter, John, Paul. What do you get in the Old Testament? Pekah. Yeah. Verse 23. Pekah, son of Minahem, began to rule over Israel in the 50th year of King Uzziah's reign in Judah. I love the Old Testament, by the way. Just you got, you got to know there's some sarcasm with me. I, just thought, I thought I should throw that in there. It's like, does he hate the Old Testament? No, I love the Old Testament. Anyways, continuing on in verse 23, if you're wondering, did Blake take his medication today? I did, but it's wearing off. He reigned in Samaria two years, but Pekah did what was evil in the Lord's sight. He refused to turn from the sins that Jeroboam, son of Nebat, had led Israel to commit. Then Pekah, son of Remelah, the commander of Pekah's army, conspired against him. With 50 men from Gilead, Pekah assassinated the king along with Argbab and Ariai in the citadel of the palace at Samaria, and Pekah reigned in his place. The rest of the events in Pekahana's reign and everything he did are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Israel. Pekah, son of Rebalam, began to rule over Israel in the 52nd year of King Uzziah's reign in Judah. He reigned in Samaria 20 years, but Pekah did what was evil in the Lord's sight. He refused to turn from the sins of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, had led Israel to commit. During Pekah's reign, King tiglath pilesiasiar of Assyria attacked Israel again, and he captured the towns of Ijon, abelbeth makah Jananana, and Kadesh, and Haziar. He also conquered the regions of Gilead, Galilee, and all of Nephetali, and he took the people to Assyria as captives. Then Hosea, son of Elah, conspired against Pekah, and assassinated him. He began to rule over Israel in the 20th year of Jotham son of Uzziah. The rest of the events in Pekah's reign and everything he did are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Israel. Jotham son of Uzziah began to rule over Judah in the 2nd year of King Pekah's reign in Israel. He was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Israel 16 years. His mother was Jerusha, the daughter of Zadok. Jotham did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight. He did everything his father Uzziah had done, but he did not destroy the pagan shrines and the people still offered sacrifices and burned incense there. He rebuilt the upper gate of the temple of the Lord. The rest of the events in Jotham's reign and everything he did are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Judah. In those days, the Lord began to send King Rezin of Armin and King Pekah of Israel to attack Judah. When Jotham died, he was buried with his ancestors in the city of David and his son Ahazaz, became the next king excuse me Ahaz became the next king moving on to chapter 16 verse 1 ahaz son of jotham began to rule over judah in the 17th year of king pekah's reign in israel ahaz was 20 years old when he became king and he reigned in jerusalem 16 years he did not do what was pleasing in the sight of the lord his god as his ancestor david had done instead he followed the example of the kings of israel even sacrificing his own son in the fire in this way he followed the detestable practices of the pagan nations the Lord had driven from the land of the Israelites. He offered sacrifices and burned incense at the pagan shrines and on the hills and under every green tree. Then King Rezin of Armon and King Pekah of Israel came up to attack Jerusalem. They besieged Ahaz but couldn't conquer him. At that time the king of Edom recovered the town of Elath for Edom. He drove out the people of Judah and sent Edomites to live there as they do to this day. King Ahaz sent Messengers to King Tiglath-Pileser of Assyria with this message. I am your servant and your vassal. Come up and rescue me from the attacking armies of Armin and Israel. Then Ahaz took the silver and gold from the temple of the Lord and the palace treasury and sent it as a payment to the Assyrian king. So the king of Assyria attacked the Arminian capital of Damascus and led its population away as captives, resettling them in Kerr. He also killed King Rezin. King Ahaz then went to Damascus to meet with King Tiglath-Pileser of Assyria. While he was there, he took special note of the altar. Then he sent a model of the altar to Uriah, the priest, along with his design in full detail. Uriah followed the king's instructions and built an altar just like it, and it was ready before the king returned from Damascus. When the king returned, he inspected the altar and made offerings on it. He presented a burnt offering and a grain offering. He poured out a liquid offering, and he sprinkled the blood of peace offerings on the altar. Then King Ahaz removed the old bronze altar from its place in front of the Lord's temple, between the entrance and the new altar, and placed it on the north side of the new altar. He told Uriah the priest, Use the new altar for the morning sacrifices of burnt offerings, the evening grain offerings, the king's burnt offering and grain offering, and the burnt offerings of all the people. As well as their grain offerings and liquid offerings. Sprinkle the blood from all the burnt offerings and sacrifices on the new altar. The bronze altar will be for my personal use only. Uriah the priest did just as King Ahaz commanded him. Then the king removed the side panels and basins from the portable water carts. He also removed the great bronze basin called the sea from the blacks of the bronze oxen and placed it on the stone pavement. In defense to the king of Assyria, he also removed the canopy that had been constructed inside the palace for use on the Sabbath day, as well as the king's outer entrance to the temple of the Lord. The rest of the events in Ahaziah's reign and everything he did are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Judah. When Ahaz died, he was buried with his ancestors in the city of David. Then his son Hezekiah became the next king. Moving on to the New Testament, Acts chapter 19, verses 13 through 41. Acts chapter 19, verse 13. A group of Jews was traveling from town to town, casting out evil spirits. They tried to use the name of the Lord Jesus in their incantation, saying, I command you in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a leading priest, were doing this. But one time when they tried it, the evil spirit replied, I know Jesus, and I know Paul, but who are you? Then the man with the evil spirit leaped on them, overpowered them, and attacked them with such violence that they fled from the house naked and battered. Here's a rule in life, my friends. If you leave a fight naked and battered, you lost, right? Like, like there's no, you know, I think I, I kind of I got him and, and I, and I might have won. It was a t- No, you left the house naked. You lost the fight. Yeah, that's what happened. These guys think that they can use Jesus' name for their own benefit. And the demons are like, uh-uh, that's not how it works. Yes, you got to know Jesus. Yes, you got to have his spirit within you. Verse 17. The story of what happened spread quickly all through Ephesus to Jews and Greeks alike. A solemn fear descended on the city, and the name of the Lord Jesus was greatly honored. Many who became believers confessed their sinful practices. A number of them who had been practicing sorcery brought their incantation books and burned them at a public bonfire. The value of the books was several million dollars. So the message about the Lord spread widely and had a powerful effect. Afterward, Paul felt compelled by the Spirit to go over to Macedonia and Archaea before going to Jerusalem and after that he said I must go on to Rome he sent his two assistants Timothy and Erastus ahead to Macedonia while he stayed a while longer in the providence of Asia about that time serious trouble developed in Ephesus concerning the way it began with Demetrius a silversmith who had a large business manufacturing silver shrines of the Greek goddess Artemis he kept many craftsmen busy He called them together, along with others employed in similar trades, and addressed them as follows. Gentlemen, you know that our wealth comes from this business. But as you have seen and heard, this man Paul has persuaded many people that handmade gods aren't really gods at all. And he's done this not only here in Ephesus, but throughout the entire providence. Of course, I'm not just talking about the loss of public respect for our business. I'm also concerned that the temple of the great goddess Arminimus will lose its influence and that Arminimus, the magnificent goddess worshipped throughout the providence of Asia and all around the world, will be robbed of her great prestige. Ah, interesting. Uh, So, uh, this guy specializes in making idols, and you can see how that would be a problem when Paul's like, nah, your idols are, are really worthless. Jesus is... The one true God and he doesn't have an idol he lives within his people his people are his body you can see why if you were in the idol making business this would be uh, this would be a problem so this guy obviously read some leadership books and called everybody together and he cast a vision to them He say hey we're gonna lose our money but hey I'm not just worried about money I actually believe in this God and I'm worried about the God no. is he really I don't know we can't read his motives but he is for sure worried about his business verse 28 at this, their anger boiled, and they began shouting, Great is Arminimus of Ephesians. Soon, the whole city was filled with confusion. Everyone rushed to the amphitheater, dragging along Gaius and Arcthidagus, who were Paul's traveling from Macedonia from Macedonia. Paul wanted to go in too, but the believers wouldn't let him. Some of the officials of the providence, friends of Paul, also sent a message to him, begging him not to risk his life by entering the amphitheater. Inside, the people were all shouting, some one thing, some another. Everything was in confusion. In fact, most of them didn't even know why they were there. <laughs> I love the Bible. Like, this is a riot going on, and some people are like, what, why are we even here, man? Verse 33. The Jews in the crowd pushed Alexander forward and told him to explain the situation. He motioned for silence and tried to speak, but when the crowd realized he was a Jew, they started shouting again and kept it up for about two hours. Great is our minimus of Ephesians. Great is Arminimus of Ephesians. At last the mayor was able to quiet them down enough to speak. Citizens of Ephesus, he said, Everyone knows that Ephesus is the official guardian of the temple of the great Arminimus, whose image fell down to us from heaven. Since this is an undeniable fact, you should stay calm and not do anything rash. You have brought these men here, but they have stolen nothing from the temple and have not spoken against our goddess. If De Minimis and the craftsmen have a case against them, the courts are in session and the officials can hear the case at once. Let them make formal charges. And if there are complaints about other matters, they can be settled in a legal assembly. I'm afraid we are in danger of being charged with rioting by the Roman government since there is no cause for all this commotion. And if Rome demands an explanation, we won't know what to say. Then he dismissed them and they dispersed. That concludes our New Testament reading fascinating fascinating story now moving on to our proverbs of the day proverbs chapter 18 verses 4 and 5 wise words are like deep waters wisdom flows from the wise like a bubbling brook it is not right to acquit the guilty or deny justice to the innocent and finally we will read psalm 147 in a posture of prayer this is the 147th psalm praise the lord How good to sing praises to our God. How delightful and how fitting. The Lord is rebuilding Jerusalem and bringing the exiles back to Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. He counts the stars and calls them all by name. How great is our Lord. His power is absolute. His understanding is beyond comprehension. The Lord supports the humble, but he brings the wicked down into the dust. Sing out your thanks to the Lord. Sing praises to our God with a harp. He covers the heavens with clouds, provides rain for the earth, and makes the grass grow in mountain pastures. He gives food to the wild animals, and he feeds the young ravens when they cry. He takes no pleasure in the strength of a horse or in human might. No, the Lord's delight is in those who fear him, those who put their hope in his unfailing love. Glorify the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise your God, O Zion. For he has strengthened the bars of your gates and blessed your children within your walls. He sends peace across your nation and satisfies your hunger with the finest wheat. He sends his orders to the world. How swiftly his word flies. He sends the snow like white wool. He scatters frost upon the ground like ashes. He hurls the hell like stones. Who can stand against his freezing cold? Then at his command it all melts. He sends his winds and the ice thaws. He has revealed his words to Jacob, his decrees and regulations to Israel. He has not done this for any other nation. They do not know his regulations. Praise the Lord. Yes, Lord, we seek to praise you. How often my mind wanders. Even reading that psalm, and maybe while they were listening to this psalm, some of my listeners, their, their minds wandered. And Lord, I just pray that you forgive me for that. I want to praise you with all that I am. Your gospel, the good news that Jesus came and lived the perfect life I could not live, giving me his righteousness dying the death, I deserve to die, taking my punishment, and rising again, promising that if I trust in him, I'll share the same fate. Lord, breaking forth with new creation and getting to be a part of your restoration plan as we await the ultimate day in which you restore everything. This is the good news that I believe in, and I will praise you. I will sing to you because of this news. It is in your name I pray. Amen. Well, thank you for joining me for today's reading. And as always, hope to see you back here tomorrow as we continue our journey reading through the Bible together.